Welcome back to Never Settle. Today I have a fellow creative filmmaker, De Riviera Maya. I have David Zanoni. He's going to take us through screen tourism. He is an international film and TV producer, creator, distributor, and specializing in screen tourism. You know my love for travel. So David, thank you for being here. Let's jump into it. What got you into not just the filmmaking aspect, but also bridging tourism with it? Thank you, uh, Sarah, for, for having me. Um, and and that's, a, that's, an, uh, that's a very good question. I'm trying to keep the, the answer short. So my background, um, I started in, in film and television about 15 years ago. And my background is very much business and, and legal um, and, and management of, of film revenues. That's how I, I started in the industry. And what, by the way, uh, something I'm, I'm still doing. Um, and I moved to, I'm originally from the Netherlands uh, and moved to, to, to Mexico um, about 11 years ago and ended up in uh, the Riviera Maya in Mexico's Caribbean state about nine years ago. Um, and this happens to be um, a tourism paradise, right? In many ways, it's one of the yeah, the most visited tourist hotspots in the world. So, um, yeah, eventually, um, and and that's not too long ago, I got involved with the Mexican uh, Chamber of the Film Industry, Canacine, um, because um, the the intention is to to build up a audiovisual eco ecosystem in uh, the state in Quintero. So that's how I got involved in film on one end, film television, right? Uh, combining it with, uh, with tourism. And it is such a paradise. Paraiso. I can switch into English and Spanish. This is beautiful. Cause usually when Sarah's tired, so she'll do Spanglish sometimes. So this is perfect. My seven years in Miami and many years going back and forth between Mexico and it is, it's a, it's really a beautiful area. So just for anybody listening, who's not familiar, the Riviera Maya, which you will probably know of Cancun, Playa del Carmen, Tulum, and all in between there, that is in the state of Quintana Roo, which is in Mexico. So just for anybody listening to clarify that one. A quick break from today's sponsor. Did you know 88% of all women-owned businesses generate less than 100K annually and only 4.2% of women hit $1 million in annual rev? Navigating the entrepreneurial space is something I'm always learning about. And one inspiration and resource I'm excited to introduce you to is this week's show sponsor, Cubicle to CEO. Cubicle to CEO is hosted by Ellen Yin. It's a weekly show bringing you case study interviews with leading entrepreneurs and CEOs. So you can skip the expensive, time-consuming learning curve and just see what works that's time-tested. Ellen's transparent quarterly income report episodes are insightful and honest. Yes, this girl opens up her books and shares exactly what media company makes, spends, and profits every 90 days. Listen to episode 125 on Cubicle the CEO and you can get a detailed breakdown of the seven revenue streams that has generated $746,000 for her business in 2021. So if you want to borrow the best income growth strategies from top entrepreneurs and CEOs, including Ellen herself, tune in to pass income reports on Cubicle to CEO today. Plus, you can also receive free access to your first $10,000 month masterclass and a bonus workbook by going to our special link, 
zen.ai forward slash never settle CEO. All the information is dropped below in the description. How did you get the, cause this is very interesting. Now that explains with your last name coming from the Netherlands, what drove you to say, I'm going to go to Mexico. I love Mexico, but it's quite a hop. <laughs> it's a, it's a big change, Sarah. Um, my wife is Mexican. So, you know, the whole reason is uh, people often invent all kinds of things. Uh, at the end of the day, very often it's because of, you know, you fall in love and that's what happened. And um, we, we, my wife, uh, we, we lived together in, in, in the Netherlands for about seven years um, until the moment she wanted to move back to Mexico. And that's how we ended up here. And um, she's from central Mexico. And, and that's where we, where we started to live when we came to Mexico. But eventually, like many foreigners, right, we ended up in this part of Mexico, which is um, yeah, very touristic um, and in a way also very cosmopolitan. There are many, many foreign uh, pockets here. Uh, so you can have, a, like you said, you can speak English, Spanish, Spanglish, uh, and you speak it all the time, right? Um, so, yeah, that's how I ended up here. And when it comes to film, you know, what is the, that's an interesting approach with the, you said through the government or through the foundation for film and cinema in Mexico, in Quintana Roo? Is it yes. through there? You can specify that a little bit. Yeah, of course. So um, I, I started to, to represent, uh, to being a delegate for the Mexican Chamber of the Film Industry. And that's a national, it's a federal um, a chamber basically and, and and most of all it's an a consultative entity right so uh, just to give you an example if 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 the, if the country uh, um, or a state within mexico um, wants to introduce um, um, film laws or or there's policy making with respect to the audiovisual industry there's even the 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 uh, legal obligation to consult the chamber of the film industry, Canacine. Uh, uh, and Canacine uh, does a lot more than that. Uh, it's, it's a lot more than being a passive entity uh, waiting for consulting from, uh, you know, from a consult request from government. It, it actively uh, networks, it actively uh, mobilizes and organizes the, the film or the audiovisual community, right? Which is nowadays film, television, content making. Um, it... Um, it, 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 it helps states, right? And we have, we have what is it, uh, 31 states here in Mexico. It helps the states to develop um, um, film-related, audiovisual industry-related regulation uh, and set up film commissions. And that's precisely one of the things we're doing in Quintana Roo. Um, it's the whole intention is uh, there are filmmakers living here, right? There are people... Who, who make films, who, who participate in television productions, who do other content uh, creating, uh, creation related stuff. Um, but it's not very organized. There's no ecosystem as such. There's no film law, for example, in this state and no film commission. So these are, are, are all things uh, we are planning to do in the state. Uh, and we do together as, as, as Canacine, as, as Chamber of the Film Ministry. We do, of course, we do it together with government. Uh, local government here of Quintana Roo, the state of Quintana Roo. Um, but uh, it would be impossible without private initiative and most of all, um, without the, the tourist uh, sector. Because at the end of the day, in this area, um, which is absolutely predominant, is, is tourism. 
Um, and that's where the whole concept of screen tourism eventually comes from, right? Doing it together with tourism. So would you suggest to, because I think of it that way, is this is a great, my background's in advertising. So I think this is, a, if I'm doing a film in a location, and actually my, my short that I just produced was in Play Gosh. <laughs> so I second, it's beautiful. But would you say, as an incentive, if you're pitching to, say, Canacine, it is the exposure to, like, what is the best approach for someone who's looking to approach local government organization to say, I want to create this film, you know, because I think that they, on the flip side, and you can address this perhaps in your, your answer as well, they'll say, well, you're taking away opportunity from what is local. How, how would somebody approach that properly? Yeah, yeah th those are all very um, interesting elements, Sarah. Um, um, most of all, screen tourism as such, um, what does it mean? It means that, that somebody watches a film, watches a movie or, or, or a series and decides based on what, what, what they see to go on vacation, right? So people see a telenovela, right? Or they see a soap series or they see a film. They, they see maybe resort in Playa del Carmen or they see the beautiful uh, uh, beaches of Isla Mujeres and they say, I want to go there and, and people go on vacation. So that's, that's the dynamic of, of screen tourism. Um, which, of course, means that this is an, potentially a great instrument for tourism in terms of promotion, right? So if, 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 if um, um, a resort in this area is shown in, an, in, an, in a movie or in a series, and because of that, it increases visitors to that resort, um, that's, of course, a very important um, marketing tool basically for, for tourism. On the other hand, the filmmaker can also benefit from it because if, 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 if uh, entrepreneurs, um, if government is aware that, that that's the potential, they will do uh, and they will create incentives, right, uh, for filmmakers to come to the area. Um, and that may result in, you know, uh, tax incentives, discounts, uh, facilities being available, etc. Uh, now, the other um, element in, in, in what you just said, um, the people coming from, from outside the film, right? With, 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 with cast and crew and, and equipment and everything. And um, um, yeah, of course, part of the intention, and, and there are many players involved in this, in, in creating a film industry, right? A film ecosystem. Um, there, there is, of course, a incentive, a, 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 um, an interest for the local filmmakers and for government, um, instead of people coming from outside to rather create basically this job and, and, and work locally to say, you know, um, if you want to come and shoot to Playa del Carmen or Tulum or Cancun, these are the people in this area who are the filmmakers, who are the specialists, you can hire them. How do you do that? Uh, that's typically done uh, through a film commission, right? Where there's maybe an, an, a catalog, uh, there are profiles available, people who are producers, filmmakers, uh, etc. Um, and that's indeed something um, we in this area, in Canacine, um, uh, work on because that's the um, that's one of the goals. Uh, it's great to get people in, and people should come in. 
but we want to increase the total production, right? And we want to create uh, opportunities for local filmmakers. So it kind of goes both ways too, where there's a lot of organization that goes behind it. You know, even from the, like, it's per se example of Canacine in Quintana Roo, you want to have that almost portfolio of local crew ready to go to say, here's your choices. Here's a, you know, the same, I'm an actor, same thing. You know, you're going to do a casting, you know, you're almost doing a casting for, so there's organization on that part, but then there's also, you know, the pre-production part where it would be going and and vetting out. So if I were to want to, which I do, I want to come back to Mexico and I want to shoot a, you know, a docu-series or, you know, a, a feature, what is the best approach to go about utilizing um, screen tourism? Yeah, that's, that's a great question. Um, there's no film commission at the moment yet in the, the state. Canacine um, could be um, a good option, right? To, to basically contact us and for us to, um, you know, to, to, to help you to find the right people um, to get the support you need. Because it's not only, um, you know, local, local crew, uh, not only locations, it's also certification, right, to, to be working with the right people. Um, it's being able to find... Um, to find the right hotels, for example. Um, there is a lot of interest, right? So there are many, many people interested in, in this. The thing is, it needs to be, uh, it needs to get organized. And our feeling is once we are organized, this is something which can attract many, many um, uh, filmmakers. But first of all, reach out to those people who are able to connect you, right? And to able to, to, to help you, to support you. That's um, um, number one. Uh, and as long as there's no film commission in place yet, I would say get in touch with um, an organization like Canacine uh, or, or other organizations in Mexico. Um, and of course, you can all, always get referrals from people who, um, who have done things in Mexico or, or Mexican producers. But at the end of the day, you know, to, to, to make full use of, of, of the potential. Yeah, um, you have to reach out to, to those people who have, of course, the, the connections and, and who are the right organizations to, to help you further. Got it. So in short, if there's a film commission already in place, connect with them or you can look to and or to look to local organizations as well or yeah. look to, you know, on IMDb for other Mexican producers or those who have produced and kind of source out. Is that correct? I would I would rather go to people you um, you know right. So if you have these relations already, that can be very helpful. Um, and otherwise, go to to let's say the institutions like Canacina who are able to help you further. Um, it's still you know if it's the case of 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 Quintana, we're we're still building. Um, but that's one of the aims. We want to have this organization with members um, and with the connections with tourism and government and eventually with a film commission, and we're currently actually working on a film law and a film commission to have that infrastructure, right? So that, that you don't 
basically don't even need to, to ask the question in a way, right? That you just, you go to Canasini, you go to the film commission, and from there, depending on what you actually need, right? The kind of content you're making, etc. cetera, um, um, they, we, we can help you fur- further. Um, so yeah, we're, we're, we're actively building all this at the moment. Do you need to be Mexican in order to be a member of? Um, if you mean to be a Mexican or a member of, of Canasini? Yes, correct. Oh, no, 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 not, not at all. Um, uh, like, the, like the objective of Canasini is to, to have the local filmmakers as members, right? Um, mm-hmm. And to involve tourism as well. Uh, and members can also be... Um, you know, uh, service providers in tourism uh, or resorts or hotels. In fact, that's one of the aims uh, because Beautiful. at the end of the day, that's that's the combination we're looking for. But if you're getting in from outside, uh, there's no need to be a member. Um, but it would be great to use the members, right? To to work with the members uh, of Canasina. That's, that's how it works. I'm thinking, I think of myself who's, I'm in and out of the area quite often and... I'll throw it out there. I usually, I joke and I say La Gringa in Mexico. And uh, it's truly, it's one of the magical places in the world for me is, is the area of Riviera Maya ever since I was young. Como una niña. And it's always had a special place in my heart, but just knowing the energy there. And I know others listening as well would be interested in getting involved. I myself being a lot in wellness travel, I've always known that there's an overlap now being more in film like there's a way that we can make this pie and it's going to come out really beautiful. I would love to hear what project are you currently working on? That's what I would love to hear as well. Um, yeah, I, I would say that the, that the, uh, that one of the big projects is actually this, right. To, uh, to, to establish the, an ecosystem here. I, I guess at this moment it's, it's working on, on the film law and, and, and working mm-hmm. on the film commission because that will help us a lot uh, further, right? So that's, I think, one of the most important um, things at the moment. Uh, if it's creatively speaking, um, you know, I Canasini uh, is one of the things I do. Um, I I'm very involved um, in um, um, in the part of of collection account management, so the management of international revenues uh, for uh, for film and television productions. Um, other than that, working in Mexico on a couple of um, uh, of interesting projects um, with uh, with Mexican filmmakers, uh, all international projects. So, so yeah, um, you know, that's uh, that's all keeping me pretty busy. Mucho éxito, éxito con todo. I really Gracias. the incredible. Um, this is fascinating. We're going to drop all the links below for Canasine and um, a lot for the state of Quintana Roo as well. Any additional resources, we'll put them in the show notes. David, this is fascinating. I want to come and visit you now on my next leg after Miami. <laughs> yeah, I know. You're very, very welcome. Um, everybody <laughs> should come to Mexico. Everybody should come to Riviera Maya, to Caribe Mexicano. Um, it's uh, it's it's an amazing place to be. Uh, it will it it offers and it will offer a lot more opportunities for, for filmmakers and also to relax and and have just a great vacation. It's uh, you know it's one of the, the most exciting exciting areas in the world. 
as you know. Couldn't, so. couldn't, I was going to say, couldn't agree more. I'm already thinking. I was like, huh. I always think whenever I'm scripting a show or I'm, you know, working on, when I'm in the more production side and less of the acting, yeah. I'm thinking, so where can we film this so that we can go somewhere? Yeah. <laughs> oh, David, this was a joy. Thank you so much for this. Thank you, Sarah. Take care. That wraps up another episode of Never Settle. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast. We are thinking different today, creatively thinking different, and your passport's getting excited. So stay tuned for more films abroad, international, and Claro que sí, in La Riviera Maya.